I'm Doc Dalton, and welcome to the Coffee and Prayer series. When I first started this podcast, I did not want to be another Christian podcast, and I felt that for a number of different reasons. First off, I'm not that knowledgeable in lots of things when it comes to so-called religion. In addition, I have some personal feelings when it comes to man-made religion, church, teachings, and God. Most times, not all, but most, I don't know who to trust and who not to trust, and who or what to believe. Honestly, I don't know the Bible, and there are two reasons for that. First, I am one of many people who have a tough time reading something and remembering what they just read. I read one page, or maybe even one paragraph, and halfway through, my mind makes a decision to get up on its own and walk away from my head. It takes its own journey to places like sand on the beaches of Florida, or Friona, Texas, which happens to be the cheeseburger capital of the world. Sorry, I like cheeseburgers. And yes, if you're wondering, I have issues. And they are documented. But documented or not, this is what takes place within my own brain, mind, or head. You pick the word you like, and we'll use that one. Second, I just do not understand it all. The Bible, that is. They say many read the Bible, and they form their own personal interpretation of what they are reading, which also means what they are preaching. So who is right and who is wrong? And for me, how do I step away from the wrong so I could go hang out with the right? On a personal note, I can get the hell on my own without any outside help when it comes to teachings, that is. So you start getting worried and asking yourself why this is all taking place. Plus, possibly you may even question if I'm good enough. Do I belong or will they accept me? Church, that is. At some point, you build up your courage to attend a church somewhere, and if you land up being in a church that hands out the fire and brimstone message at a high level concerning going to heaven, well, bottom line is that message can scare the hell out of you. Personally, I was one of those people, and it drove me crazy. And on top of that, I just analyzed way too much. Something else that is documented, I'm sorry to say. As a young child growing up, my parents made me go to church every Sunday. And I would hear the priest talk about different things, and I would get confused. He would say things when it came to the gospel. An example of this would be when Paul, what Paul was really trying to say when he said this or that. As a child, not even a teenager, I would say, how does he know what Paul was really trying to say? This took place thousands of years ago, and he wasn't there. I don't even know what my father was saying at breakfast this morning. He knows what Paul meant thousands of years ago. I just don't think so. Or confession. Something else that made me think way too much. You had to go into this little dark space. And the priest would open a little tainted window on the other side of the wall where you couldn't see the priest's face, but just heard his voice, which to me personally seemed a bit creepy to start off with. And at that point, you would confess your sins. He, meaning the priest, would give you a few prayers to say, and maybe you needed to light a candle or two, and magically all would be forgiven. Yet you were told over and over again, you needed to have a personal relationship with Jesus. If that is so, why couldn't I confess my sins directly to Jesus and ask for his forgiveness? Why in the world do I need a middleman to talk to Jesus? 
Why can't I go straight to Jesus? Because doing so means you are forming a personal relationship with him. Here is something else that bothered me. Even as a child, I would notice year after year, and countless times a year, I must say, the church would have a second collection for the little sisters of the poor. Think about this. Thousands of churches having a second collection for the little sisters of the poor. I would think about it and say to my parents, where did all the money go? And why are the little sisters of the poor still poor? Because they shouldn't be. Not after all that money that the church or churches took in. And I would start thinking, are there others who think like me? Does anyone question what is taking place? Is there any accountability and why after all this time are the little sisters of the poor both still little and still poor? Like many, I was confused, lost, not sure, and stepped away. But even after all my crazy analyzing and not knowing who or what to trust or believe, somewhere deep down inside, even at a young age, I found myself believing in two things the power of prayer, and that Jesus was my Lord and Savior. How and why I believe that? I don't know, but I did. It was more than just a belief. It was an overwhelming gut feeling. It was a deep understanding, even though I really wasn't sure what I was exactly understanding. It was like singing your favorite song over and over again while not knowing all the words. You loved the song, but was never quite sure what was really being said. For me, it was more blind faith and trust and it has not gone away to this day. Don't get me wrong, I'm not in any way perfect. In fact, I have been a foolish man a big part of my life, but they say the Lord protects drunks and fools. Well, I've never been much of a drinker, but I have been a damn fool for a very long time. Trust me, he protected me. My belief is there are many people out there, thousands and possibly millions, who are afraid to go to church because they feel as if they won't belong. Maybe they're not good enough. They won't understand. Others will look down on them and many other reasons which keeps them away. Let me tell you this. I felt that way and I found a wonderful church that made me feel welcome, where the people are nice, the pastor is a great guy who is trustworthy, where no one looks down on you. And even when you don't understand, just relax. It's still the right place to be because the real reason you are there is for Jesus, right? If that is so, then yes, you are at the right place. Please do not get me wrong. There are many great spiritual advisors out there, from priests, pastors, rabbis, imams, and more. But maybe the first step is to start looking for them. I will be back and I will tell you my desire that I've had for a very, very long time. And I'll also tell you why some of my thing has changed on this podcast. This is Doc Dalton, and we'll be right back. Stay right there. Doc Dalton will return after this brief message. Last time he came, he was laid in a manger, left out in the cold because there was no room in the inn. After he grew up, he was rejected by the world. They thought they'd seen the last of him. They ain't seen nothing yet. If you thought the first coming debut was great, get ready for the unforgettable encore. Jesus is coming back, and this time you can keep the manger, because he's going to take over the world. The Coming of Christ, Part 2. If you thought all his talk about being king was just some lofty rhetoric, you're in for the shock of your life. Last time he came to set the captives free. This time he's taken no prisoners. You'll cheer as he tears through the eastern gates of Jerusalem to 
rule the world. It's been 2,000 years in the making, but the wait is almost over. Get ready for The Coming of Christ Part 2. For more information, check out the books of Daniel and Revelation in the Bible. The King is coming back. The Coming of Christ Part 2. Appearing soon at the planet nearest you. In addition to there being an opioid epidemic, we are experiencing a suicide epidemic, especially among young people under age 25. Their suicide rate increased 56% in the last decade and tripled for 10 to 14 year olds. Suicide rates increased most for girls, LGBT children, and adolescents of color. About one in five deaths prior to age 25 are suicides, the second leading cause of death in young people. Many of these deaths are related to untreated clinical depression. Other factors include school stress, alcohol, drugs, bullying, abuse, and family tensions. Fortunately, prompt psychiatric treatment can reduce these suicide rates by as much as 75%. Psychiatrists can help sort out the multiple factors involved in suicidal feelings or provide meaningful emotional support for family members who may feel profoundly traumatized after a suicide. Google us on the web. We are the Maryland Foundation for Psychiatry. It's shout-out time. That's right. We're going to do a shout-out this week. It's going to be quick and to the point, a little bit different. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in talking, I had brought up the name Little Sisters of the Poor. They're a wonderful organization of dedicated ladies who are nuns. They are dedicated to the Lord. They are dedicated to helping people. They are dedicated to humanity. They're very, very good. But I also thought that many people may not have ever heard of them or understand who they truly are. So in saying that, I am not the one to tell you exactly who and what they do, who and what they are. But there is a place that you could go to. And that website is www littlesistersofthepoor.org, www.littlesistersofthepoor.org. Please go there and learn about them. I think you'll be really and really impressed. In fact, if you'd like to, leave them a message and just say thank you for what they do. I'm sure that would make them feel very, very good. Again, it's www.littlesistersofthepoor.org. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Coffee and Prayer Series with your host, America's Simple Man, Doc Dalton. It's where a good cup of coffee and some quiet prayers can change the world. All right, welcome back. This is Doc Dalton. And as I mentioned previously, that I am a great believer in prayer in Jesus. And for me, the gift of prayer is the most unselfish act of kindness you can give to someone because you are asking the Lord to help someone while never asking for anything in return. That is a true act of kindness. On the other hand, if you're asking the Lord in prayer to help you, then I would assume you must believe in him because why would you personally pray to someone who you did not believe in? And by praying to him, doesn't that mean you are trying to attempt to try to have some type of personal relationship with him? Call me crazy, but I think it is. I started thinking maybe the Lord needs someone or many someones, if you want to use my words in that, to try and get these folks who are afraid and don't feel worthy enough to step into a place and or a church to be closer to him and feel okay, to feel welcome, and to feel safe. And this made me think, maybe my podcast should be about some of these things. 
maybe can help some folks or maybe even just one person to take that first step toward the Lord. And that alone would be a positive thing. Got it to a place where they could feel comfortable and not afraid. A place where the message was a bit less dramatic and more understandable. A new start without any old negative feelings. I always have and still have a desire to open my own church. Just a small storefront type of church that was called the Open Air Church of Prayer. A place where people can come to and pray in their own way, while also hearing some prayers of others, and to feel welcome and to be part of. A place where preaching wasn't the most important thing, but where the Lord was. A place where music could fill the soul, feel good, and let people join in and become part of the celebration while putting a smile on their face and some love in their heart. And the best part about this experience is, there is never a collection or a donation unless you're chipping in for coffee and cookies. A safe place for them to worship in their own way and a safe place where they can feel as if they belong to something that they can help them commit and form a relationship with the Lord. In today's world, you see TV high-profile religious leaders shouting across the screens about a number of different things, most things that folks who I'm speaking about don't understand. At the same time, you find many of these same high-profile pastors not agreeing with what the other is teaching, and it becomes a type of war, so to speak, on these teachings. Then the money thing comes into play, where if you, spend a, if you send a spiritual offering of $25, $50, or $100, you will get this and that, or a prayer cloth, and at that point, people become confused, scared, and turn away because they don't know who or what to believe in, and it, it's almost like a, a spiritual three-card Monty game. What would happen if we could take all that nonsense away and create a safe place where prayer, talk, music, and fellowship took place? No collection, no donation. It's like coming to your daddy's house on Sunday morning to say hi and to tell him that you love him. Maybe personally, I should pray this a bit more and ask the Lord for some help. It would be cool. At least I think so. But who? Who knows? Maybe this will happen. Maybe one day we'll all be able to get together. But here is something that you should know. You could be that one person to help someone else take that first step. You could and should pray to the Lord because that is what He wants, and that helps build on the relationship. Understand, there are a lot of great churches out there and great leaders out there also. Understand, it does not need to be a church with thousands of people in attendance. It is said church starts with just two people. Guess what? You're one. Go find the other. Small churches are great things. I belong to one, and I think it's the best. You hear the message better, and you do not get lost amongst the so-called masses. You get to meet other like-minded people. Remember, Jesus started with 12 disciples to help spread the message, and they did so, too many, without any help of television, radio, internet, newspapers, and schools who told them what they should say and what they shouldn't say. Sometimes, it's just good to get back to the basic of things, even if that's the spiritual basic of things. Remember this, walk slowly in your journey, listen clearly to the message, and pray to Jesus for his love and guidance. Who knows, you, my friend, might be one prayer away from a brand new beginning. Stay tuned, we got just a little bit more. We'll be back in a second. Do you suffer from depression? Hi, Doc Dalton here, and I can tell you, I do and have for a very long time. I can also tell you that there is help out there waiting just for you. 
The National Association on Mental Illness, better known as NAMI, is a wonderful organization who truly cares and wants to help. There are over 600 affiliates across the country, so there isn't any reason for you to feel alone. Go to NAMI, that's N-A-M-I dot org. Check out their website today. They are only a phone call away. Why suffer if you don't have to? And why suffer alone if there's no need to? That's NAMI, N-A-M-I dot org. Check them out because help is closer than you think. Do it for yourself and do it today. Tell them Doc sent you. I am sorry to say that we are at the end, but there's a few things I would like to say first before we close out. I want to thank you for being here with us today. We never take you for granted. We appreciate you being here. We say that every week. We hope you are with us on our next show, and please spread the message about this show. It's it's important to us that, that the right message gets out, even though if we do it in, in an offbeat way sometimes. And I ask you to forgive me because sometimes I trip over my words. I just get a little emotional with all this. And um, like everybody, nobody's perfect, and sometimes I trip over my word. For that, I'm sorry. Uh, and I thank you for that. The other thing is we were talking about prayer today. For those of you who may be tuning in who, who don't pray, who don't know how to pray, I have a small little prayer for you. Okay, it's called the Jesus Prayer. Sometimes it's called Prayer of the Heart. This is how simple it is. Just repeat after me. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. That's it. That's the prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Listen, I, I just, I want to thank you again for being with us, you know, and, and we close out every show with a prayer. So I'm going to do that right now. But again, I wish you nothing but good days ahead. God bless to you and your family and hope that you will be with us next time. Dear Jesus, I thank you for today and I appreciate all that you do. I appreciate your guidance. I appreciate your love. I appreciate you walking with me on this journey. I know I'm not the easiest person in the world. But sometimes it's tough to get through to me, and I understand that. And Jesus, as you know, that's documented as well. But please, I ask you to help those out there. I ask you to help our country, our people. We are in terrible, terrible times. This is spiritual warfare. And sometimes it's just best to say, if it wasn't for you, we would have nothing. And without you, we will have nothing. Please, Jesus, help us. Help us move in the right direction. I ask you that in your holy name, Jesus. Amen. The Coffee and Prayer series is brought to you by Doc Dalton Media, in association with VK Media and Internet Services. Executive Producer, Doc Dalton. Director, Patrick Marucci. Assistant Producer, Joseph LaPera. Find us on the web at www.doc.com dalton.com. There, you will also find our social media links for Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. You can email us at the Coffee and Prayer Series at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and God bless.